Hello, hello, and welcome back to Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. As always, now that Mark's back, I get to say as always, it's Taylor and Mark. And Mark, if you're listening to this and not watching, Mark is decked out head to toe. I can't confirm to toe, but I can confirm (laughs) hat and shirt for the Utah Jazz because tell them the good news, Mark. The 1-0 Utah Jazz, they won their first game of the year last night. Uh, They're projected to be the worst team in the NBA. They said maybe 23 wins is the expectation, and they came out and beat a championship contender last night as a, they started out as a 10-point underdog to the Nuggets. So, really great start. This might be the only time all year I get to say 1-0, so I'm, I'm excited that, well, it definitely <laughs> will be, but have a winning record, so I'm really excited for that. To be able to say, and oh, because, yeah, you yeah, know, no, yeah. <laughs> things, end, things end might of, be bleak. And tomorrow night, yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow night. Well, we get, to, we get to celebrate the Jazz, and tell them about my boy, Colin Sexton. Tell them what he did. Yep. Alabama, Alabama grad, they decided to bring him off the bench, even though he's definitely one of our five best players. And he had 20 points and, and had a, a great play against the MVP, Nikola Jokic, last night. So it's exciting. I love him. I love this team. And I've never been a I don't know if I've ever been more excited about jazz basketball. We're not great, but we, we play so hard. It's fun to watch. I love that. Built by Bama. You know, if if I can have any silver lining to Alabama athletics this week, I'm going to take it. We're going to talk about that later, mm-hmm. a little later, but uh, I'm I'm mentally preparing to discuss this game that happened this <laughs> weekend because it was my worst sports day ever, but I'll talk about it and I'll give Tennessee credit where it's due, but not before I have to. So let's talk about <laughs> something else that is equally frustrating, if not more frustrating than that. So if you've been paying attention to the news in Tennessee, especially coming out of Nashville, you have probably been hearing about the new Titan Stadium. Wah, wah. Here's the thing. Everybody keeps trying to hype up the East Bank and the Titan Stadium and all of these various things. And we've talked about it a little bit here and there with the money that's going from the state to the fund the Titan Stadium and the traffic when I went to the Elton John concert of how nightmarish it was and how I don't believe if they can control traffic at this stadium, they deserve a new one. Well, the money numbers are in of what is being requested from the state and from the city. And it's so much more than even I I anticipated it would be. Um, Mark, can you give us kind of a numerical rundown before I get too tied up in my opinions and strong feelings about this? Yeah, so it's uh, it looks like it's going to be about $1.24 billion from the city and the state between Nashville and Tennessee combined. And $740 million is coming from the city, I believe. And about, I think it's about, yeah. And the state is doing the rest of it. And then the Titans are putting in, you know, some money of their own. Um, it is a, uh, it's interesting- some. Yeah, some. Some. Just, yeah. I think I, I didn't do all the math. I think it's it's maybe about 35 to 40 percent of it. So less than half of it is coming from the Titans. Well, and of course, fun. Some of that fun thing is some of that Titans money is actually coming from tax dollars because of a bill that was passed last year. But the one thing I will say about this, it is the the most expensive deal in taxpayer history in, in the country for an NFL stadium. No NFL stadium has gotten this much money in the country from in tax money. So that's really, really horrible to begin with but the hey, one but mark ma- hey remember mayor cooper said in the press the other day the money is not coming from your families and i want to know where he thinks tax dollars are coming from like he literally said this is coming from the state and the city not from your families so it makes me wonder where does our mayor think taxes come from anyway i digress continue mark no i mean i think that's actually kind of my next point is that i really really miss councilman 
John Cooper. That's who I miss. <laughs> M- M- Mayor John yes. Cooper is, is clearly somebody who has taken over his body and, and has changed all his opinions on policy and corporate welfare and stadium subsidies. Um, so it is the transformation from Councilman Cooper, who was, you know, seemingly somebody who fought for these, I guess, these things, somebody who cared about taxpayers' involvement to the person who's, I, I, and I don't, I don't know if it's inauthentic or maybe he just doesn't understand math, but the way he's pitching this is is awful. And, and I think it's actually really backfiring on him because anybody, even people for the statement is like, well, I mean, it is we are getting tax dollars. Let's not act like people aren't paying for it. His whole messaging campaign is awful and, and it's going to turn people against him. even people who are, you know, maybe for the statement think that tax dollars should go for that are like, well, at least be honest about it. We, we're getting tax dollars. So this whole let's pretend like every voter in Nashville is a complete moron and doesn't understand where tax dollars come from is an interesting strategy. I don't think it's going to work. And I think this is a really interesting topic moving forward because it is not done yet. It still has to go through a vote. Um, but he has really fumbled the introduction to this and it, it's going to be interesting. But I think it deserves to be said that it's not a vote of the people. I keep having people, my friends, my uh, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to vote against it. Honey, you don't get to. That's what is such a mess about all of this is I keep telling people, people keep saying to me, well, I'm not going to vote for that. I'm not going to vote for that. You don't get to. It's your money, but you don't get to decide where it goes. You don't get to vote on this. This is going to be decided. I mean, What are you going to say, Mark? Like, you don't get to vote. I know. I think that's something that that I've noticed a lot recently is that people don't really understand how things work. They don't have a clue. The amount of of people who think we vote on, like, everything, like, oh, I don't like this. I'll just vote against Like, this is – that's why you vote for people because they vote against it. We don't vote on every single topic. You know, we're not – again, when we talk about – we're not – we're a republic, not a democracy. We're not voting yes or no on everything. So you vote for people to – that you elect people who you think are going to represent your interests when they do those votes. But I agree. Like, it is actually astonishing the amount of pretty smart people like oh well yeah i'll vote against that i'll vote for them like you vote for against a person you don't vote for against every policy issue that comes up it it is actually astonishing like this much money but also it deserves to be said that this much money i think i personally think and this this could be a hot take but i personally think if the government's going to spend this much money it should go to a vote of the people i mean think about it they raised our taxes without anyone saying anything because we're evidently in a huge, massive financial hole in Nashville. So they raised our property taxes in the midst of a pandemic to rescue us from this hole. But now all of a sudden, we have all of this money that we're going to be able to give to the Titans, which is a private corporation that should be funding its own facilities. I mean, what other private business gets? Well, I won't say that because yeah, we called that's, out that's several of them. That's not a great example. <laughs> I've called out several of them in the pork report. But I mean, most businesses don't get billions of dollars from the government to fund their overhead. And now all of a sudden we're, we do, but we do it for football stadiums. I'm sorry. It's just, I think it's hot garbage and I will die on that hill. <laughs> I think it's interesting too, because we, a lot of people use the term billionaire loosely. They say, you know, we don't want to do this for the millionaires and billionaires. This is actually sub- subsidizing a billionaire stadium. I mean, and when I, I'm saying billionaire correctly. That is what the family is worth. The Adams family. Yes. So it is, uh, it, it's legitimately subsidizing bill. And again, I don't, as much as, you know, I hate this whole thing. You can't blame the Titans for this. You have no. to blame the people giving blame money the city. from the and, and the state. I mean, that's the one thing and too. We can't, we can't get away from that. The state gave them a lot of money too, and of course, you know, it's it, most of the people who are gonna. I mean, who voted for it from the state? Like, I understand. I get their intentions. I think they think it's it's an economic driver. It is an economic driver, um, but it's just disappointing that I think politicians across the country haven't done any analysis on the cost benefit because if you look at every study. 
every single study done by Brookings to, you know, Cato, every economist mm-hmm. who understands anything says these are never worth what you pay for them. And there's an economist who, who had a great, worth it. yeah, he had a great line. He said, um, and I think he's from Stanford and he said, yeah, whenever you see an economic impact study, so that's what they say, the extra money it's going to bring into the city or the state, the, the key is to move the, the um, comma over one. That's how much it is. I mean, that is it, it is over. It is so overblown that it's literally taking a comma off it. So if it's twenty million dollars, yes. it's only two million. If it's two hundred million, it's only twenty million. This whole idea, and, and he's like, that's the best way, you know, simply to say it is never what they say it is. And all these studies, and I, I hate to say, they're all you know funded by government to prove their point. It's not going to say anything antithetical to what they believe in because they want to fund the stadium. So it's something to keep an eye on. It's really frustrating, and I do think you know it's easy to blame the city. It's easy to blame the state, but really, I mean, these are two separate government entities that have both decided to give our money that we work hard for to a professional football team and a billionaire. Pay for your own stadium, period. Pay for your own Put damn period stadium, on. right? That's, that's the John Mazzino yes, thing? Yes, that's like yeah. a website. Yes, pay for your own damn stadium. Let's talk about something else that's frustrating, but is happening on the other side of the world or on the other side of the country. If you have been looking at the news, you will notice that there is a lot of tension in the LA City Council right now. There were a few LA City Council men, women, men and women, yep. who came out and said some really horrific racist things about specifically another council member's child. It has been covered in the media, uh, but one of the things, let me just say this, what she said and the fact that those men, those grown men did not stand up for the child and say this is wrong to say about any living creature, much less a child, despicable, disgusting, awful, horrendous, gross. I, I don't know if there are enough words in the English language, in my personal lexicon to say what I think about this. It's horrible. Two, two of them joined in. It wasn't just listening. Two of them joined sure. in the discussion. And one just sure. listened okay. and said, oh, I'm okay because I didn't say anything. It's like, it was the most horrendous. I mean, you talk about beating up a one-year-old boy, a one-year-old adopted black boy. Uh, because you about- don't like how he looks. Yeah, yeah. And because you think that his parents are raising him white, quote unquote white. And, and you want to take disgusting. him out and beat him up. It's awful disgusting absolutely like there are literally not enough words that i know in my brain to say what i think about this and if there were i'd probably get kicked off the podcast for saying them because there would be some foul language involved one thing that mark and i noticed as we were following the coverage of this is it's really interesting to see how the media has been covering for example when a right-leaning elected official says something horrible which they're not short of it but when they say (laughs) something horrible the media makes sure to say this is a conservative this is a right-leaning person in the case of the LA City Council members, all of whom are on the left side of the political spectrum, there is no recognition of that. And the left always gets the credit for being inclusive and not being racist. And the right is always called racist. And yet you have these left-leaning city council members who are saying these horrible, despicable things. And the focus is not, it, it, the focus should be on what they said, but it's that there have been clever omissions in the articles and in the press about where they stand. I'm not saying that that should be the focus of it. What I am saying is if the tables were turned, it would be a massive focus what these people's politics were. And that to me is frustrating because again, the playing field is not even. That's that's my take. And I, I actually agree 100%. And I'm, I'm actually somebody who I wouldn't say I defend the media, but I do think sometimes people on the right really, you know, throw grenades at the media just generally for covering things that are for no you know, reason. Yeah, yeah, for newsworthy things. Um, but this yeah. is one of the instances where I generally agree that if you look at all the headlines, almost none of them mention political affiliation, almost none of them mention um, where they stand on politics and where they stand on policy. Um, and 
a lot of the people have made a little bit about race because I think all of the members were Hispanic and they were going after uh, African Americans in the city of LA. But mm-hmm. it, it is true, that, and, and it's um, and I do think that is one of the reasons that. And I, I, when I say the media too, the media is not an all encompassing thing, right? There's some outlets, no. that are mainstream outlets, that cover it well. Um, there's some outlets that are left leaning outlets, but they still are fair and cover things well. Um, and I think, truthfully, you know, in Tennessee, I think we have a lot of good outlets. And even if they, you oh, know, I'm like, a fan of Tennessee media. Yeah, yeah. And even if they generally lean left, which I think they do, and not all. I mean, I, there, there is some I'm not fans of. I won't, I won't say which ones, mm, but but they fair. generally cover things fairly. And this is just one of those things where. You're right. Anytime you hear about somebody on the right saying something despicable, it's in the headline. It's always, you know, it's always the the lead of the story. It's always the headline when you click on it. I, you can type in L.A. City Council. Not one article comes up with it says L.A. City Council members, you know, Hispanic City Council members, Los Angeles City. You don't see anything about where they stand. And I mean, Nothing. if you read the story, you'll kind of see a little bit more. But it's just... I hate, I don't know what to make of it. It's, and again, you know, we're talking about the media. It's not everyone in the media, but a lot it's of them not. see, a lot of them seem to be almost happy when someone on the right says something awful because it's almost like in their mind, it's almost expected happy, on them. Mark, almost happy. They, <laughs> they like celebrated around the Thanksgiving table. I'm thankful this year that people on the right said dumb things so I can get clickbait. <laughs> like they do that. They do that. But I, I think that, A, it deserves to be called out what the city council member said, but B, it deserves to be recognized that there are people who think and say horrible things on both sides of the spectrum, not just the right side. And I'm really tired of the right getting all the crap for it because I feel like at least in recent years, most conservative and right-leaning people are are not as despicable as some of the things that I'm hearing from the left. I'm, I, I just feel like things are changing and I'm hearing more and more sad and horrible and racist and pathetic things from the left than we have heard from the right. I don't, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's a mixed bag. I think both, I'm not, I'm not sure, but you're right. It's both sides, right? It is. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of things from At both, least both angles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that <laughs> having Trump out of office has made the, the, the kind of quotes that are in the media sure. a little bit less of it. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting. It is no, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. And I will say Joe Biden basically said all four of these members should resign. Now, I, I'm not yeah. I, I'm, I'm not the person who I don't think you should really ever tell someone to resign. That's my opinion. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say that if they want to vote like them out, if, if I was them, I would certainly resign because that is horrible. It's like, it's <laughs> not even there. And it's not I think that's the other thing about this is it's not like, oh, I misspoke. I said something without thinking about it. They said, I want to I want to take a one year old boy outside and basically beat the crap out of him because he's acting too white. And it's like, there, there is no, that's not a, oh, I misspoke, you know, oh, I wasn't thinking about before I spoke. I mean, a no, lot of the Trump, you said what you thought. <laughs> and a lot of the Trump stuff is like, I just don't think he always thinks things out before he says them. So some of the stuff is, offense, is offensive and maybe intentional. Some stuff like he just didn't, he just, he says whatever he wants off the cuff and doesn't always think things through. This was a really, really intentional, horrible thing to say. And it was clearly well thought out before they said it. So we'll see what happens. Um, but hopefully, you know, as things progress, I would like to see the media really take, you know, take a look at itself. There, there is a lot of people who, you know, they, they are good reporters, they're good writers, but they let, in some instances, their political leanings get in the way of covering things fairly. And I think that oh, you need to, yeah. I, I'll tell you, if I was, a, this is my true thing, if I was a reporter, I would try to have somebody 
from both sides of the aisle, say somebody who's like friends from both sides of the aisle, read this and say, hey, do you think this is a fair article? And be honest with me. And if they both say yes, then you probably know it is. If one side's always saying no and you think that they're actually reasonable people, then it should really make you think about this. But it's, you know, it, it's just something that we, we're going to have to deal with. And I do think the media gets too much crap from the right in a lot of instances, but I think this is one where it's deserved. Well, you know me. I mean, I, I don't like to read the news a lot of times because I get really frustrated that people are not reporting, but they're just editorializing. Yeah. And so that's a lot of the reason why I don't really read and watch the news is because if the news is the news, then it's reporting. If it's not, it's editorializing. And I don't appreciate editorializing. I want to think about what I think without having someone else shove their opinions on me. So I agree with you. If the news is the news, then they need to report like the news and not like a political blog. And from and from the TV perspective, there's nothing left that you can watch, right? MSNBC is trash, no. and they acknowledge they're trash. Um, sure. CNN, U, CNN used to be the one that, like, the thing is, they pretend to be real journalists. And like, when you have people, like, it's just the people they have on air. When you have Brian Stelter on the air talking to, like, all the people, Chris Cuomo, all the people that are supposed to be straight news people, Don Lemon, are they clearly have this huge agenda? And then you know, Fox News, you get kind of the same thing for the other side, where I mean, a lot of it, it's it's all what you know they think that the conservatives. So like, you don't really have a good, like, uh, truly unbiased news media where that actually reports news. Which, in my opinion, maybe maybe it's not this way but i feel like there's a hole in the market right now for somebody who actually reports real news maybe i'm wrong Someone because please. yeah but i mean i might be wrong cuz people like to hear the same things they think so maybe i'm wrong and that's why you see you know msnbc has this left leaning thing cnn kind of has the left leaning thing and then all the right which is like they they split them and that's why fox news's ratings are so much better than that it's cuz they get mm-hmm. everybody who's right of center cuz like there's no fair media i'd rather watch something on my side than than on their side yeah, I mean, I'm a Fox Business girl if I if I do have the TV on because I feel like Fox Business and CNBC are at least like somewhat no, they're more good. Yeah, but the it, they're, fina- they're financial things. That's why they and have that's, to be. And, but that's all I will watch. I will not watch people talk about actual articles. I'll read the AP Newswire and that's it. But I do think there's a hole in the market, and I think you're right. You know where else there's a hole in the market for uh, defensive backs for Alabama? Because apparently, because <laughs> apparently, our secondary decided to take a spa day at the hotel this weekend and did not want to hang out with the rest of the football team. Am I wrong, Mark? I'm sorry. I never like to crap on our team, but I was like dude where are you guys please please that come to the game really good intro that's a you actually did that very well that, that was a good one um yes yeah, so that Can was you tell quite- my face is getting red like <laughs> we start talking about it, my face immediately starts to get red oh it was it was a tough game, and, and I think we talked about it last week. I wasn't sure on Tennessee. They won the big game, which they you know haven't had a chance to win. So they, I, I think that they have at least gone in my mind. Let's talk about Tennessee. It was a good game. It was a close game, right? Um, you had an Alabama missed a late field goal. Tennessee made a late field goal. So I mean, if those if those are reversed, you're talking about you know how Alabama is still dominant. So it was a close game, and Tennessee looked really good. Hendon Hooker is you know the real deal, probably if not the Heisman front runner, top two right now. Um, but with all that being said, Tennessee played great. They won a game at home against nothing personal your team, but this is not the same Alabama team we've seen for the past couple of years. You could tell early. No. They were dominated by, by Texas. So maybe I will say that Saban has a way of, you know, making his teams better throughout the year. So we'll see. I don't just because I say this about them now doesn't mean I feel that way in four weeks. But now everyone's on Tennessee and it seems like a little bit much. And here's what I'm going to say. I think it says, you know, they're very good. They're probably they're I think they're a top 10 team. They have an enormous trap game in two weeks. So they have the big game where they're going to Georgia, right? Everyone's talking about Tennessee versus Georgia undefeated. 
Yep. Watch out for Kentucky the week before. That is a the, even at home. It's at Tennessee. That is the one where say we went about head and hooker. Kentucky has the better NFL ready quarterback on the other side. Um, and it will be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, that's always one of the issues that good teams have or not good teams. But when you have a huge game and I think that, you know, I think Nick Saban calls it rat poison. You tend to look rat past, poison, baby. Yeah, you can tend to look past some of these teams. And Kentucky is not a pushover. As much as I love Jordan, I don't think UT Martin's going to do it this weekend. I don't think they're quite yeah. going to be good enough. Sorry, sorry, Jordy. But Kentucky is a two-loss team, and one of their losses came when their quarterback did not play. And this, it, they're a tough team. And I, I, I would really urge Tennessee fans to not look past that game. I will tell you that I'm going to bet Kentucky with whatever the points are. I, I feel like, and I'm probably going to bet them straight up to win because that is a prime upset opportunity of a team overlooking their opponent and getting ready for Georgia. So we'll see. I think Tennessee is good. I still don't know if they're great. I think that they are a top 10 team. I think that they're a very good team. They're better than I thought. Doesn't mean I don't know that they're an elite team yet, though. In my so you know, I'm like a deeply like reasoning kind of person. Like I try to reason away my sadness. And so Saturday night, as I was wrapped in a quilt on my couch and trying not to think about the game, I started thinking about Tennessee as a team. And I'm just not convinced. You know, people say like the Alabama dynasty is over. Okay. Alabama is a machine. We're a football machine. We crank out coaches. We crank out good players. We're a football machine. I think that Tennessee is, yes, very good this year. But I, until they have a few good years, I'm putting them right there with Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, Auburn with Cam Newton, Florida State with Jameis Winston, Oregon with Marcus Mariota, like teams that have a star or a couple stars that make them so good. LSU with Joe Burrow. And then once the stars move on, can they create a football program that sustains? I'm not convinced because I do think that Hendon Hooker is so good. And that was his name, Hyatt. Yeah, they, Hyatt, yeah. They, the two of them just connect. I think they're ve- <laughs> Exactly. No, they're very, <laughs> yeah. very good together. I am not convinced that Tennessee is dynasty material. So what I will say, not talking trash, but what I will say is you Tennessee fans, y'all enjoy it this year because we're going to be back, baby. Third weekend of October next year. I hope to smoke a cigar and be very, very happy. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I'm going to make a prediction, though. I think that you're maybe giving them too much credit for this year. I don't think Tennessee makes the playoff. Oh. Okay. I think at, I think at minimum they lose to Georgia twice, or no, I guess once. I'm sorry, they only played they once, so, once. But they yeah. would not make the SEC championship then. And I, like I, I really think Kentucky is such a tough out, and, and I, I, I don't know why people are talking about that. I feel like I, I see, I saw the Georgia line is up, and everyone's talking about the Georgia game. And also, there is a weird. I know this is going to sound insane to everyone listening. But there's a weird game, the last game of the season, especially if they're looking forward to the SEC championship or a, a high ball or the playoff. Watch out for Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. They have played much better recently. They're still not they have good. Played better. But again, those trap games are what you have to worry about. So we'll see what Tennessee is. I'm excited to see it. My prediction is they do not make the playoff. My prediction is Kentucky gives them a big game. But if they get past Kentucky handily, and they, you know, they win by 14-21. I do feel differently, but they're a good team, not a great team. I don't even think they're close to a dynasty. I don't even think we're anywhere near that because they're not even going to be close to it. Let's see them make the playoffs before we even talk about a dynasty. Yeah. 
all everybody who's talking trash to me with Tennessee. Let's see you make the playoffs and watch them make the playoffs. I have to eat my words and cry on the couch again. Um, <laughs> can we talk about one thing that makes me happy before we go? Yes. I need a reason to hope. And <laughs> I and I woke up one morning last week to the beautiful news that my favorite band in the entire world, my reason for living, Blink-182, has reunited all three of the original guys. I'm wearing my Angels and Airwaves shirt today because <laughs> Tom DeLonge was an Angels and Airwaves guy. And now he's back with Blink-182, but AVA is not dead. Mark, I know that you don't understand my pop punk thing. And you know what? Neither does anyone else. My mom and my sister thought it was a phase. I am 30 years <laughs> old and I'm still in this phase. So I don't think it was a phase that was my teenage years. Started when I was 15. It's been a half of my life. I've been loving Blink-182. Uh, but I will say, I looked at the ticket prices because I wanted to go to Nashville, Atlanta, and New York. I might start a GoFundMe. I might have to start a GoFundMe to get to all these shows because I'm really afraid that Mark and Tom, the reason that the band split in the first place, they're going to end this tour hating each other again. And so I feel like I got to see them as much as I can while, they're, while they exist. And I am going to have to start a GoFundMe. And I think that people would contribute because my love is so deep. Yeah, I saw like it was like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar tickets for like decent seats. I think that maybe I was, um, I'll be the first to say maybe I was wrong about. And I like Blink One Eighty Two. I don't think I realized the level of rabid fan base they had. I thought everyone kind of liked them or liked them. I didn't realize they had like so many avid supporters. Maybe they haven't been together for so long, but it's crazy. I will, I will say, people are coming, kind of coming out of the woodwork. People who aren't super fans uh, are kind of coming out of the woodwork and being like, oh, Bling 182, I love all the small things. Like, okay, everybody loves all the small things. Let's move on. Uh, and so I just wish that there was some way for those of us who are rabid fans who had a poster on our wall that our parents hated to get tickets like at a reasonable price and then get all the bandwagon fans to pay for the rest of it. I don't know. This is, this is me not embracing capitalism and wanting some favoritism, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not trying to go broke going to Blink-182, but I am trying to go to all these shows. So, you know, accepting donations for my mental health, which is me seeing Blink-182. You know, they have like the, where you have to like, you know, Oh, check off all the truck in order to buy tickets where they make sure you're a real person. They should make yes. you, they, they should give you lyrics to a song and make you name the song to buy tickets. So that like, but not the popular songs, like, like go to the eighth and ninth most popular song. No, not even eighth <laughs> and ninth. Go all the way back to the first album. Go all the way back to Cheshire Cat or Dude Ranch. No one knows what I'm talking about now. But the early albums, what was Blink's first EP? Dude, I would ace that quiz. If yeah, they ever they had need- a category on Jeopardy that's Blink-182 trivia, I'm winning a million dollars. They need more than 200 people there, though. So they still want to fill up their place. So let's <laughs> let's let's do eighth or ninth song. And we can, you know, a, a little bit of a hit. Just make sure you're a real fan. It's funny. I don't think I told you the story, but um, I bought the, the, the CD they had. Uh, you remember the girl? I'm sure. not going to name it with, with the girl, the yes. nurse on oh, the front. Oh, no, yeah. I know. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. And and I bought it, and uh, and I had a guy in my neighborhood who sold CD. So I bought the CD, and and he bought getting 10 bucks. I got it like four days before it came out, which was kind of cool. I also got – I was the most popular kid in school forever when I got the Millennium CD by the Backstreet Boys like a oh, week well, before. Yeah. A week before it came out, and people were like, oh, my <laughs> – it was like the biggest deal ever. Shout Huge out to deal. Roy. Um, so I got this. Roy, was Roy doing things legally? This doesn't oh, sound very legal. No, he was not doing things legally. And, and like I was Roy, young. We he, appreciate he would, your hustle. He would just smoke weed. Like you could tell he just was smoking weed in his house with his girlfriend. And like <laughs> me and my friend Jonathan used to go and buy CDs from him. It was hilarious. But I bought the CD Blink-182 and it came out. And then after it came out, they put the explicit 
thing on it. So it, it was one of those weird things where it didn't have the explicit thing before mm-hmm. it came. I think like a week and like, oh, wow, this is way raunchier than we realized. And <laughs> I was not bad. allowed to buy this. So I had to return it to Roy and be like, I know I listened to this, but my parents said, I can't have this. Um, and he's like, well, I don't know what you want me to do about it. But so I had to return the CD to Roy because it was, it, it ended up, and same thing, there was a Smash Mail CD too, like food. Fushu Mang, their first CD that, that also uh-huh. got an explicit version later. So I had to return two CDs. And Walmart was the best to buy that because they would just beep out the words. Oh, yes. I Yes, they always had an edited little, little, yep, that's little it. thing there. That is so funny. My parents, my mom listens to this podcast, so now she knows. I uh, Now she's going to know. I used to rip some of their live things off like LimeWire and FrostWire so I could hear the live tracks of it. My mom did not know. Dude, they, in concert, they are like a comedy show and a very raunchy comedy show with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to listen to it, and I still, to this day, the Mark, Tom, and Travis show is the live album that they released, and I have the uh, vinyl of it. I used to have all the tracks of it i can still if you turn on a track to the mark tom and travis show that's just the tracks of them talking i can still say it like i've memorized all of these like talking tracks and i can still say them in their voices the way that they did it way way back in the day so i uh yeah my mom didn't know that so uh sorry mom i still turned out fine i think I feel like your I'm mom's going to be extra pissed because one, you listen to stuff that's super <laughs> raunchy at that age. Two, you probably put a hundred different viruses on your computer, daily <laughs> yes. from LimeWire. So you ruined your computer and you listen to something you shouldn't have been listening to. <laughs> I ruined that computer. My parents gave me, I, I, when iTunes used to be like the thing, you could get, you could set up an allowance for a kid on your account. So my dad had an allowance of $10 a month set up on my iTunes account. And I used to get my $10 worth of music and then get so much more music. And I would tell my parents, gosh, I'm really saying a lot. And I know my mom listens to this. This is bad. I'm going to get in trouble. But I used to say, they would be like, where are you getting all this music? And I'm like, oh, I just plug my iPod into someone else's computer and download all of their music too. That is not what I did. I did not do that a single time. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't even know you could do that. So I was just downloading all these tracks and I would go in iTunes and make the, I would do the song title and the album and all the stuff like it was from a CD and drag a picture to it so it didn't look like a downloaded track when you put it on my iPod. And so it looked like I was getting all of this music honestly when I absolutely was not. Gosh, that's bad. I'm really confessing here. I I was not rebellious in high school. That was probably the most rebellious thing I ever did. And I did it a lot. (laughs) See, I guess when I was in high school, I just didn't really know it was illegal to do that. And I definitely did a bunch of viruses on my computer. I just downloaded stuff from LimeWire. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's And my mom would be like, is this legal? Or like, I'm like, yeah, I think so. So I don't really know. Like, it seems fine. And like, I still remember some of the, like, I remember, um, like I had a killer song on there, but it was like clearly riff, riff, the radio was like, Oh, this is K rock from 94, seven. Here's the kill. So you heard like the intro, but it was, it was funny. And a lot of viruses we didn't know much about. I feel like internet safety at that point. There, so yeah, we there wasn't as much. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm so compromised. I've been compromised since I was 15, yeah. but that was, that was definitely my rebellious phase was downloading like AFI and Blink-182 and all my like emo punk bands on Lime Wires and memorizing all of those things. And, you know, my mom thought it was a phase that illegal downloads were a phase. That's but good. Not the not the punk itself. I'm out of the illegal download game, but the punk itself. And I used to get on the punk disasters forum pages, which you probably know nothing about. But no, there's a I website don't. called Punk Disasters, and you could get on, and people would make remixes to all these songs. You could download them to your iTunes. And so, if you want to talk about viruses on a computer, I can tell you every way 
to get a virus on your computer <laughs> uh, by downloading things from the internet because I feel sure that our computer was ruined by yours truly, the one and only me. Well, Mark, thank you for humoring me and letting me talk about <laughs> my uh, pop punk today and for not talking too bad about Alabama and giving me a little bit of hope. Um, stay tuned next week. Stay tuned for the next few weeks. We've got a bunch of research coming out. The Pork Report will be out in just a few weeks from now and we're going to do a special episode devoted to that and we are also going to be doing on election night a live election night show on youtube we'll post details for that on our facebook page it'll be me mark several special guests and we will be uh delivering hot takes live on election night so and results hot takes and results i don't know what else you could possibly want so anyway thanks for listening to decaf by the beacon center of tennessee don't forget to subscribe on spotify and apple podcasts follow us on facebook for more and we will catch you guys next week hey, hey.